Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, where we explore the models, patterns, and ideas that prepare you for what's coming next. In this standalone episode, I'll be reading my essay titled, Something is Up with Meritocracy. I've been thinking a lot about meritocracy lately, and I've come to believe that opportunity magnifies inequality. Here's one way I've seen it explained. If there are two main reasons for outcome differences, innate talent and environment, and if you equalize environment, then you will see outcomes spread out by talent over time. Let's say you have 10 runners in a small town in high school. And let's say the slowest runs a distance in 90 seconds and the fastest runs the same distance in 70 seconds. But we come to find out that many of the kids aren't getting good sleep, they're dehydrated, and some of them are competing without having eaten in over 24 hours. So we fix the home situations, we get them all nutrition, we keep them hydrated, etc. And now we have the slowest runners all get faster. The problem is the fastest runners do as well. In fact, they get faster relative to the slower runners. So the distribution actually opens up rather than closing. Our common vision of meritocracy is giving everyone equal chance to succeed, which will allow those who want it most and who work hardest to get the best results. Sounds really great, and I've always been a supporter of this concept. Unfortunately, there's conflict between this and what happens in practice. In practice, you're not only improving the playing field, you're also inviting more players. If you not only give all the 10 runners a perfect home life and the best nutrition, but you also increase the running pool from 10 to, say, 10 million, you're going to create extraordinary distance between the best and worst runners. A level playing field essentially conducts a talent-selecting exercise for those who are most gifted at that task, whether it's running or playing chess or writing novels. You might be inclined to say, well, it's not necessarily genetic, so this isn't a problem. It might be their hard work, or their tenacity, or their self-discipline. Well, yes, except those have been shown to be a lot more similar to height and eye color than we previously thought. In other words, heritable. Self-discipline, for example, comes in at roughly 60% heritability in a large meta-study. As a progressive, this is disturbing to me. But as someone obsessed with why things happen, I'm relieved to have a more realistic model than what I was given. Somehow my previous model was that you could have it both ways, i.e. you'd be able to equalize environment, have everyone compete to their best ability, and somehow that would result in roughly equal outcomes. And looking back on it, that's silly. How did I miss this for all this time? I think the obvious answer is that it's what I wanted to believe, and same for all the people who taught that to me. Right, so Santa Claus is just your parents. Now what? What do we actually do with this information? I know what the extreme right will do with it, and it's not pleasant. They'll basically sprint directly to the conclusion that all, or at least most, current disparities between individuals and groups is, air quotes, just natural. And we should just get over it and stop trying to fix things. And I reject this for two reasons. One, the playing field isn't equal in far too many of these competitions. We still have extraordinary environmental disparities that prohibit people from running their fastest. And two, 
never tell me the odds. I'm a huge believer in what I call behaving as if, which I picked up initially from Camus and turned into what I call uh, general absurdism. It's the idea that love might be chemicals and there might be no real meaning in the universe, but we have to, or at least should, behave as if it weren't true. As if those things really do exist. I'm not sure I want to know my artistic limitations. I want to behave as if I don't have any. And nobody currently knows how my drive and my stubbornness and mediocre talent might combine to form something special. Michael Jordan got disrespected as a kid. If they tested his midichlorian count, it would not have been as high as Yoda's. Maybe it would have been average, but he didn't care. He got passed up, he got disrespected, and so he put in the work and became the absolute goat. The point is, midichlorians are stupid. You never know what's possible with tremendous drive and mentoring and a bit of luck. So, my takeaway is we should realize that opportunity is a counterbalance to equal outcomes. It's its opposite, not its champion. Give more people equal chances and you'll have more variation in the outcomes. As moderate, center-leaning people, we have to accept this. We cannot let truth be a weapon for those who would give up on those who are less lucky. That's step one, acknowledging and accepting truth. Step two is telling every kid that nobody, including their parents, their teachers, and even them, know what they're capable of. Are you going to be in the NBA if you're five foot one? Probably not. Are you going to play Carnegie Hall if you have no musical talent whatsoever? Probably not. But most everything is not on these extremes. Most everything is somewhere in between, just like it was for Jordan. This is Camus' absurdism, generalized to a lot more situations. As a society, we need to accept that opportunity increases inequality and be okay with that. But we must simultaneously acknowledge that the destinies of individuals are neither predetermined nor known. Just like Jordan and Sisyphus, we must behave as if. Acknowledge and then rebel. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Miesler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from the episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.